Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's list now! After what, baby? Come on! There's rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur blossoms? Now let's put those here to test our faith. That damn lie! I, I saw him on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man! None of it is true! I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast, and I am very excited to talk to my guest today because I'm a movie buff. I love movies. I've always enjoyed filmmaking, and I have a guest with me who's a filmmaker, an actor, and someone who's absolutely fascinated by his own heritage and culture in Ireland, which, of course, as you know, I'm completely fascinated by as well. So please welcome Bertie Bronson, or um, you know, let me take that again. <laughs> It's happened. It's happened Bronson. before. <laughs> Bertie Brosnan, right? Exactly. Pierce, like, just think Pierce Brosnan and, and Pierce Brosnan. Got it. No, yeah, yeah. no relation. Brosnan. No relation. So, even everybody... though I tried that a few times. <laughs> Hi, Bertie. How's it going, man? Welcome to the deep show. Right, Thank you Good so much. You and don't 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 worry. That has happened before. I actually had one time in a credits for a, an episode on a tv show a very small tv show they actually wrote bronson into the credits can you believe that like oh that's terrible so, and they were irish and i was just like what the hell so so you're waiting happened. for it. you're like here it comes here's my name no yeah. just don't call me charlie bronson i'll be okay if, if you don't come and i'm talking about the, the, the english one <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much for joining me here man uh, it's yeah. great to talk to someone across the world, uh, especially in one of my favorite places close to my heart, uh, Ireland. Mm. Where are you in Ireland exactly? Right now I'm in Dublin, Dublin nice. City. Yeah, yeah, cool. cool. Yeah. I was in Dublin in 2015 and it was the trip of a lifetime. I did a coastal trip, you know, Dublin all the way to Belfast. Or actually, nice. sorry, I went the other way. I went Belfast to, to Dublin, but stopped off at all the all the right places along the way giants causeway nice. being probably my favorite place to go i still um, haven't gone to giants causeway uh, uh, the fact it's it's northern ireland so it's a little bit different but a giants causeway is still a place i haven't gotten to so i really want to go there and especially after hearing more and more about the mythology around it like i definitely mm. want to get up there yeah yeah i've been fascinated with it ever since i went there with like you know fion mccool or mm. how do you how would you pronounce that properly? Fionn, Fionn McCool. 
Fionn McCool. So it is McCool. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I people say Finn. Finn as well, but Fionn is is really the you know the kind of again like you would have some Gaelgors like Gaelic speakers that would have a different twang, a little bit of a a little bit of a a lilt to it. But Fionn Fionn McCool is pretty much Fionn. what we say. Yeah. Should, so my son is Finnegan. I should start calling him Fionn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be cool yeah that's a nice name finnegan actually yeah yeah it's usually yeah. a surname here it's actually a, yeah yeah i switched it up <laughs> good man that's the way to do but, it um so yeah let's um let's get into it man let's give my audience a little bit of background um where you come mm. from what you're doing what you're mm. interested in okay yeah well obviously my name is bertie brosnan um so i am actually from a place called Tralee in County Kerry, which is the southwest of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm in Dublin City. And um, I, as I, as Andy said, I, I have a background in filmmaking. And to go kind of right back into like my childhood without giving a huge story now, but just a quick synopsis, like from a very early age, I, I often have talked about this from really young. Like I was fascinated and in love with movies and, you know, I was an 80s baby, you know, early 90s. So VHS tapes, we had a bunch of them. We recorded the, you know, Rambo and, you know, uh, I remember uh, Trading Places, you know, we had a bunch of these cool movies and I've watched them over and over and over and over. I was just fascinated. And it was a real escape for me. Movies were, um, you know, like, like 80s, early 90s Ireland was kind of a grim enough place, you know. And we were coming out of that 80s recession, and, you know, I think every you can kind of I remember looking back, it was it was a bit bleak, you know, so movies kind of offered a real escape, you know, and and that and the love for movies, the love for creativity, the love for storytelling. I think that was the real, you know, the nugget of 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 the beginning of it. Um, so moving on, like I didn't ever think I could become a filmmaker because, like, again, I was living in Tralee. It's kind of far away from Dublin, far away from the city. And it, and, and it kind of technology, like, you know, 17 years ago, 15 or 15, 17, 18, 19, 20 years ago, wasn't accessible as it is now. Like, the cameras were still massive. You know, everything was so expensive. And it just felt like the film industry and TV industry was something you just kind of had to be born into or something. But anyway... um. Around 17 years old, I did start feeling that I want to be a filmmaker, but it didn't actually happen till I was around 22 when I moved to Cork City, which isn't too far away from where I'm originally from. And I fell into acting by mistake, really. It's a long, long story for another day. But the reality was I kind of was hanging around with these people and I found out a guy was making a film and I was like, oh, this would be an opportunity to kind of shadow him, make cups of coffee for him or something, you know. And he's like, oh, no, you'd be great in the movie. And I was just like, uh, no. Uh, he goes, no, 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 seriously, you have the right look. And I was just like, this is not what I, this is not what I wanted. And he like, I had a script. I learned the script and I caught the acting bug. And from there, that was kind of where my creativity kind of started in terms of me expressing myself creatively. And that was the beginning of everything and you know it wasn't long before it was actually on tv i got a couple of roles in tv shows here in ireland a couple of commercials and then i started kind of pursuing like an independent uh, film actor career in ireland i ended up in hollywood for a year i don't know if you know that andy i was actually oh, there for a year yeah Ooh. i was there for a year in 2011 yeah yeah i got an opportunity to go there 
and oh. I was actually living there, yeah, in Glendale and Burbank. So I still have friends there, and I was. We were talking beforehand. I actually still keep in touch with a lot of people from the um, uh, Pacific Coast, you know, and also East East Coast as well. And um, you know, I had an amazing experience. And while I was there, I actually really learned that actors can actually be productive and make their own films. And that right. is where all this came from. All my my little movies there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's um, that was kind of, you know, from around from around 22 years old up until around a couple of years old. I'm 37 now. So around 35 years old, that was really my my big aim in life was to to kind of focus on getting a film career as I as I started in acting, I kind of moved into filmmaking, screenwriting, producing, doing everything myself, networking, meeting people, getting people on board, little bit of microfunding here, fundraising there, putting these films together. But in saying all that, although I still have my foot in the door of the film industry, I I still always kind of felt like a, a square peg in a round hole, if I'll be perfectly honest. I've met a lot of good people in the film industry and have a lot of you know great experiences, but I never really felt like I fit into the film industry. It's it's a funny one. Mm. Um, I think what I'm doing now, and obviously we can talk about this, mm. is definitely the the real um essence of who I am. You know, I think this it was all leading to this, you know. And I mm. think all of it was almost like preparation for me and what I'm doing now, you know. So that's kind of a quick kind of quick synopsis of of, of everything you that's know great term, yeah and yeah. you know honestly looking at your work and because i i of course got attracted to your page from all the irish history and everything mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but then of course looking into all your work and watching your short films and everything i was like wow okay so this man has had his foot in the door and still does and kind of mm -hmm. could just continue down that line mm -hmm. But it seems like it, it automatically felt like you were following a passion when it came mm. to talking about your homeland. And mm. it really must give you uh, a little bit of a benefit to have the the acting chops and the filmmaking chops where you know how to present this information in an intriguing way. Like I said before, we were mm. on the air and for anybody listening, check out Bertie's stuff because he really presents this information beautifully and really well documented and provocative you know we want i want to know what's next so yeah kudos thank you, Andy. i appreciate it and thank you for watching my short films actually i really i get a lot of comments i get a lot of likes and and kind of people reaching out lots a few hate comments as well I, yeah, of course <laughs> <laughs> i'd say you, you might get one or two as well andy from time to time oh yeah um <laughs> you just it's a part of the course you know people mm -hmm. actually get surprised sometimes outside of this they kind of oh you get hate comments i'm like i've had hate videos actually already like duet videos where people are just like really hating my 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 take on things but my god i read uh, yeah it's it's crazy but anyway and um, i'm kind of but you made it. I'm, <laughs> yeah i'm di I, I i digress but my point is that like when someone actually comes into the comments and says I've, i actually watched your short films on your youtube it's like oh yeah like i'm really excited about that because the views on my short films and my feature film and stuff like that are nowhere near the views that I'm getting on the Irish history stuff. So I always acknowledge that. And I'm like, okay, that's my background. And that has led me to this point. And I, as you were saying, 
and I've thought about this in 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 and I've done some videos on this as well, kind of like little little kind of uh, filler videos on my TikTok and my Instagram that my acting kind of because I've done some training. I wasn't I never went to college for acting. I've never went to college for for filmmaking, but I've done lots of training courses, classes, and also of course the the apprenticeship in in actually doing it and going mm-hmm. out there and 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 actually being inspired and working underneath people that were amazing, you know. Um, that has that has really helped me, you know, hone the kind of craft of storytelling, and it, it's helped me obviously with vi- video production as well, you know. Um, because the, the the last thing that I am is a very technical person. Like I, I'll say <laughs> that I'll say that straight up. Like I don't really like filming. I I actually prefer the creative stuff all day, writing, the storytelling, the editing. I love the editing, but mm. that took a while to get into that. But the filming and things like that. Oh, I I still. It's my least favorite part, if I'm wow. honest. Yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I like working with a cinematographer. Like, I like mm. being the director, but actually being the videographer, that's that's still my least favorite part. Mm. There's so many different mm. aspects, too, to cover. And, you know, I'm sure you know this as well as anybody that, like, once you're when you tr- when you're trying to put a production together and you're counting on so many different people too to mm. it's it's a it's a whole thing man it's pretty wild it's it's actually an amazing point and i think that is another reason why i love what i'm doing now more than mm. anything else is because i am self sufficient yeah. for the most part and i can mm. do this myself and it's the power and the the brilliance of of modern technology and and what we can do i mean what we're doing right now 10 years ago 15 years ago would feel like oh what the yeah. hell? Seriously, you can oh, do man. that. And oh. I was just talking to my buddies last night, the the movie podcast I was telling you about, and uh, mm. you know, we were talking about that. How it's interesting that you know the movies, the the full blown CGI green room movies, mm. are just getting more and more and more expensive. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, I grew up. I'm 37, like you, born in '85, oh, like nice. you. Nice. Yeah, I loved your living in a dream short on youtube Mm -hmm. about growing up because man i mean you had mountains i didn't but same setting all by ourselves at 10 years old you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i yeah oh yeah 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 Yeah. absolutely yeah people really love that they they love that they actually really and i didn't think sometimes this is the weird thing about tiktok and i love this is that you just don't know when something is going to hit i just put that out i was like oh it's like a filler and next thing i feel right now People were just getting onto it, like, and they were like, "Oh my god, it felt exactly we're, the same." You know, we're all talking about that, man. That's why. I yeah. mean, you, that your video hit home perfectly, and it crosses mm. the ocean, man. It's we're all mm. talking about that simpler time, but you know, we're probably not alone. Probably every generation has done that. You know, that That's nostalgia. Yeah. But I digress. We mm. were talking about technology and how, like, you know, as time goes on, I can do more and more from the comfort of my home. With technology that used to be only in the hands of the elite of every industry. And so it's it's just mind-boggling to think that all these more and more digitized movies are just getting more and more expensive, while the technology to, to use it is all getting more and more accessible. So it's so such a weird oxymoron, and, and, you know? Yeah. And actually, like the people that are that are the creators and that are doing this stuff on social media, they're becoming the new actors in a sense, in this in the way, in the sense of prestige mm-hmm. and a sense of fame, presence of like pu- publicity, etc. And even the money aspect as well, because Really, and Quentin Tarantino has talked about this and others as well in in different ways. Mm. But Quentin Tarantino said it recently. He said, like, 
the movie star is dead. Like he says, the, the movie stars that are left are the Avengers and Batman and and the they're the James Bond. Well, they're I suppose James Bond. James well, James Bond is a character. Like yeah. the actual movie stars, the Leonardo DiCaprio's, the Brad Pitts. You know, there's many. You know, the um, Winona Ryder, all these kind of actresses as well. Like a lot of these people are there's the ones that are coming through don't have the same weight because they're doing Marvel movies. You know what right. I mean? Right. You know, and even so, the like, ones doing the Marvel movies um, mm. and those types of movies, I've heard many actors kind of complain that it's not what they signed up for, really talking to nothing, pretending they're somewhere. You know, it's it's acting to a degree, of course, but it's not what they signed up for either. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting that's, time we're living in. I'm really excited by, by it. And, and what that's why, like going back to what I was saying in terms of what I'm doing now and actually yeah. talking about stuff that I'm interested in, Irish history, Irish mythology, mm -hmm. the supernatural alternative histories. This is like cre creativity. It's like, it's, it's kind of filling everything that I craved for in the film industry. It's that's filling awesome. it even more so, you know? Yeah. 100%. That, that, that's so cool, man, because I, I'm a writer that I'm an unsuccessful writer. That's never finished one project that I've written, but, I want, that's what I want to do. I want to be creative in that sense. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to move there from like, you know, the nonfiction style of my mm -hmm. podcast. I'm trying to start like an audio drama and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's equally, an, it's an interesting transition from one to mm -hmm. the other and mm -hmm. trying to blend the two is nearly impossible, but yeah. I think there's, there's a way for uh, at least on your end to do that where like mm. you like we said where you had the filmmaking and the acting and the storytelling and that's really the best way to present irish mythology irish mm. history all these ancient tales the storytelling aspect is so huge because people get lost in the weeds so easily you know mm. there's mm. so much to it so with that yeah. let's get into some of what you've been talking about lately mm. that you're more passionate about um mm. Yeah. What, what, what was your first start with this? Like, what was your first big video that you wanted to present mm. in this fashion? So, yeah, um, I talked about this in the last podcast as well. It was, it was amazing that what actually happened. And again, it was like what I just said, you just never know like right. when these things are going. And I didn't, again, it's like, I did, it was like the acting thing. I didn't actually set out six months ago to kind of say, okay, I'm going to, get loads of followers on TikTok and then I'm going to, and when I say loads, like I'm at 30,000 now. I mean, there's people with wow, yeah. millions, but 30,000 is substantial. That's a lot. Yeah, and it is. It's, it's, it's going well. Like, but it was at 2000 because I put up some remix Braveheart stuff and loads of people came on board for that. And mm. then I started saying, you know, I have some ideas and I, I could see these other people. They were, you know, telling little stories about stuff that was going on revealing information in an interesting way. And I said, I had this idea about Rockefeller, like in the education system. And I learned about, you know, how he was one of the main components, the, way, the main drivers in the American education system. And I was saying to myself, it's not that much different anywhere else. Um, I figured. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, so I did one on him and I said, you know, I have, I had this idea, you know, that maybe all of our problems kind of go back to Rockefeller, blah, blah, blah. 10,000 views within a, it was a couple of thousand views within a couple of days. And I mm. delivered it in a, such a way. And I said, okay, there's something in this. Then I said, okay, this is going back to Irish history, mythology, folklore. 
in my hometown of Tralee, there's a place called Scotia's Grave or Scotia's Glen, as a lot of people know it by. Who she was, was an Egyptian pharaoh's daughter who had been traveling around Europe and ended up in, in Spain and also potentially went up into Scotland before or after us. It's, it's, it's unclear. There's different variations of the story. But mm. she was a part of the Miletians. They were ah. a tri You know about them, right? Oh, yes. You know about them. They, they defeated the two Ardanen, right? Mm -hmm. So Scotia, by some accounts, was at one point a leader of the Miletians. And she came into Kerry to avenge her husband's death. He had already been in Ireland and he was killed by the two other Danon. Mm. So where she where she arrived was actually near where I live or where I'm from. That's and so yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely mind blowing stuff. So it was one, one of the mythological invasions. But the two other Danon were already the, the, the how we say the power. They were the, the main mythological clan at the time that had power of Ireland. Right. They and overcame the Philborg, right? The yeah, exactly. Is it, it's a for for bulk. For bulk. And I think yes. they did they defeat the, the Baylor of the Evil Eye. Was that was Baylor of the Evil Eye with the for bulk? I think he was the I leader think, of the Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. I'm still yeah. you know more than I do, and I'm still I'm still you know getting yeah, <laughs> it's it's I'm 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 kind of I'm deep I'm diving deep more into mythology these days. Um like I, I have a bunch of books on mythology. But like it's only now that I'm able to kind of access it because for a long time, I think my mind just wasn't there, you know. Absolutely. Um, it yeah, causes like it needs a switch to go off where you yeah. start to honestly just look at every bit of information from your own perspective rather than yeah. just what's being told at you, you know. Yeah, I actually think, and as well, we will definitely finish the story on Scotia, but just very yes. quickly, what I will say as well, because there's definitely there's definitely a zeitgeist going on with big, I think Graham Hancock has a lot to do with it, to be honest. He's one of the main right. components in this. He's just like, you know, he's one of the, a person that is, has come along and kind of just voiced a consciousness, you know, that's yeah. going on, you know? And um, I do, I'm starting to think that the mythological invasions were intermingled or intertwined with these kind of apocalypses, right? Mm. You know, are these resets potentially, yeah. Now, I'm not trying to put a theory on it. I'm just saying that there was stuff going on, I reckon, flood, the flood mythology where certain certain uh, groups were coming to Ireland. They came to Ireland either before or after the flood myths mm -hmm. or one of the floods and would have taken over. And then what it was was that other clans were coming in while these were the ones that were in charge and they were taking over. Now, I'm probably kind of not making too much sense there. but oh, what, That's okay. What, my main point, my main point is that I feel like it's, it's all a little bit in, intermingled with what Graham Hancock is, is actually talking about these days. So yes. to get back with to get to get back to Scotia, she came to avenge her husband's death with the militians and the two other Danon were the power force. They were the, the, the clan of Ireland at the time. For how long? We, we, we have no idea. We don't know. Maybe, maybe centuries, maybe millennia. Who knows? We just don't know. Um. The two other Danon were definitely the magicians, you know, of all of all of those, of all of those clans, mythological clans. And I say clan, I mean probably an extensive clan, like an actual major force, you know, right? Um, like a kingdom. Were, 
Yeah, like a kingdom, exactly, exactly. A borg. <laughs> yeah, and it was spiritual as well. Like it was spiritual in terms of their power, like what they had over over the land. You know, mm-hmm. and probably not as many as in Ireland right now as six million people. Of course, there wasn't that many to all the Danans, but they probably had this, you know, real power over Ireland. And where it was interesting that she came in at Kerry, like you know, Kerry is called the kingdom. It's uh, it's nickname that has stayed with with us till this day. My father calls it the last kingdom of Ireland. Like we are known as the kingdom. So she came there and came onto the shores and they actually did defeat the two order Danon. Mm-hmm. But in defeating the two order Danon, she had her head chopped off, potentially while riding a horse, potentially in the battle. But apparently she could have been pregnant as well. Now, all of these are, it's a bit speculative, obviously. Well, it's not a bit speculative. It is speculative. <laughs> um, nobody knows for sure. But apparently she's buried in this spot, really just a couple of miles from where I'm from. And actually that video I was talking about when we went up to the mountains, that's the exact spot we used to be going to. Wow. Grave. So there's a big stone there. And um, that was the first video on TikTok that I made that it went absolutely viral within uh, 20 minutes. It was like 10,000 views within an hour, 50,000 views within by the end of the day. I was getting a little bit freaked out because there was people commenting. And of course, you you automatically go to the negative comments, even though there's a thousand nice comments, but there's like 10 really nasty ones like and. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I didn't know what to do, you know, because um, I wasn't used to it. Right, so right. So that all I did was told a very quick story about Scotia's grave and told mm. that story in quick 60 seconds. And that's what <laughs> happened. That's how it all, I mean, that was it for me. I was I was hook, line, and sinker, just like the first time I was acting. It that's was like awesome. this, this is where I need to be. This is what I'm mm. going to do from now on. I know what yeah. a resounding yes from the universe for you, right? Like you made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um it's it was it, it's surreal because you know, you have you, you had like people from Egypt and everything talking to me, and they were like, This is absurd. And then there was other people who were fascinated. Yeah, and then there was there was there was people that actually there was one influencer. American influencer that got in touch with me randomly months afterwards. And she's like, I'm at Scotia's grave with my with my mother. We're oh. related to her. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, whatever. Mm, no. <laughs> uh we're, we're we're related to Scotia. we and I was like, okay, but I said I was excited for her and I sent her yeah. a voice note and I say, Oh, that's amazing. I wish I was in Kerry. I could come up and you know, guide you up there or whatever. I just said, make sure you bring her Wellingtons. Your boots and because it's yeah. going to be it's going to be wet up there. It was like, you know, it was kind of rainy season in Ireland, like, you know, so uh, yeah, wow. crazy, crazy. So let me ask you, what was your what was the biggest contention to or not even just that video overall? What um, what's the majority of of negative comments? Because, of course, everybody's a scholar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me me yeah, included. Everybody. You include. We're all yeah. we all know our shit. So, like, what what is the biggest uh, opposition to to the view you put out um if you could name the, one i think there's there is in thematically people i think when the, the thing is i always say to people this stuff isn't like a secret it's when when people were were saying about the scotia's grave i was like saying if you just google scotia's grave truly you're going to see heritage site everything written about this this isn't something that I found in a book 
in the basement of the Vatican that they're trying to hide, like you know what I mean? You're right. Hiding all this. I didn't it's find the plain sight. Yeah, like I'm just delivering it in a certain mm. way. And I think what I think the I think the main problem that people have with me is that they don't like the fact that somebody is getting a, attention, and potentially as well. Um, I think that's the. I think I have to be perfectly honest. I think that's really the majority. I think there's a bit of jealousy. But yeah, I really do. I really, I really think that there was one or two people that got in, and I just think they just do not like the fact because they they were trying to do similar things themselves. Oh, oh, okay. Now yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Now, in terms of a political standpoint, there are there has been some people that have really sent some nasty stuff, saying this is absolute nonsense. You know, you don't even. One fellow was caught trying to call me British. You know, he was saying you're. You're a British spy. You're this. You're that. Like he meant, <laughs> it was like this big, like real, big, massive tattooed guy. Like it was like he. It was basically wanted to kill me Jesus. because I talked. I talked about the. I talked about the, the Dermot McMurray, uh, who invited uh, King Henry II into Ireland. You Google that, and you'll find out it's in. It's on. It's in every Irish history book. It's in every Britannica encyclopedia. It's everywhere. Like it's mm. not, a, it's it's taught in schools. Right. And I talked about this, but he just didn't like the way I was saying it, you see, because <laughs> it was like I was insinuating, like what I was trying to put across was that before we start blaming the British for absolutely everything wrong in our lives and before we actually hate the English for eternity, yeah, what they did was very wrong. They were, um, you know, as the, what they did to us was extremely wrong. I'm totally against that. Don't get me wrong. Well, right. let's 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 look at the reality. Also, our own Dermot McMurray, who was disposed as the king, went to King Henry mm. and he actually he asked him to come and invade Ireland and he offered him a bunch of stuff. King Henry wasn't interested. He said, just go try, try, try to find a few Normans if you want and see <laughs> how you get on. Uh, but you have my permission. But people don't know this. And I'm doing a video on this, that actually a Roman pope who was the only English Pope ever actually was the real reason why this whole thing was, was happening was because he gave a papal document to King Henry long before this, maybe 10 years before this saying that you can be Lord of Ireland if you invade. And that is where I would like to go with you because, um, because the, I do believe that the Romans, the Roman vision of conquest over the world did not end with their empire. It only started with the Catholic Church, to be honest. And I know I'm going to be ostracizing a couple of people there because I do have friends that are Roman Catholics and I have talked to them about this. I said, look, I still am technically a Catholic. Right. <laughs> and I'm still technically a Christian. But man, we need to talk about the Roman Cat, the Roman Catholic um, beginnings and what it, what it, what it was really about. Mm. You know, that's. You know? That's exactly where I want to go because mm. this is my bread and butter, man. Uh, you know, you've gotten a little bit of taste of what I talk about in terms of ancient history, and most of it is extremely controversial. Uh, but, you know, the deep share is no stranger to any of that. So I think more than uh, any sort of uh, contention, you'll get a lot of praise for these kinds of uh, yeah. themes on this channel. So let's yeah. let's get into this, man, because this is yeah. very interesting. Mm. Um, 
I, I leave it to you to ask me. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to get in to more of that story specifically, but if not, no, we can definitely, I wanted personally to learn your perspective mm. on the Vikings in Ireland, because this is something that mm. again, it's not secret knowledge. It's just mm. that we're uncovering more and more, it seems. And it mm. seems that these types of tribes, these mm. Vikings and others alike, have been have influenced Ireland, Ireland's history for so long. And I yeah. just think that that's a great topic to start us off with. Mm. Well, I, I there's, there's, it's crazy because I am. OK, I want to just preface this whole thing as well. What I'm saying is that and I need to say this for myself because there is this kind of Irish Catholic in, you know, I was baptized a Catholic. I need to need to make it very clear that, you know, I know people that go to mass. I know people that do different types of things. I, I have people that take um, ayahuasca. I, I know yeah. people that do all sorts of different types of spiritual practices. And I'm definitely a spiritual person. I mm. do believe in a creator. I do believe in, in a very supernatural realm. What I'm talking about is something that my dad was always saying my whole life. And I actually... And I'm definitely not going away from what you're talking about, the Vikings. I just want to preface oh, this no. to make sure that I'm clear. It's not an attack on anybody's spirituality. It's not an attack on anybody's ritual um, practices, because I do believe, actually, if you go to mass, if you go there with intention and if you get something out of it, amazing. Please don't stop for anybody. You know, do what you need to do. What I'm talking about is only about the... the the, the history that's kind of hidden and the history that's kind of hidden away. You can find it, but it's hidden away and it's not talked about that much. People right. kind of ignore it and they don't really understand the beginnings of these things. And my dad was always saying that about the Catholic Church is that people don't understand how it all began and, and what it was really about. And right. now I'm starting to understand it and to go back. And that's why I'm, I'm it's not an attack on people's spirituality and it's not even attack on anything because it's history. Right. It's just, let's just talk about it. Let's just have an open conversation. That's what I'm doing. That's it. Well, but, let me tell you, man, real quick, yeah. that preface that you gave is kind of uh, mm. something I need to often say as well, because mm. when I look at folklore and religious mythology and things like that, with the resources that I've been gathering over the past couple of years, I'm kind of creating a hypothesis that tells a very interesting story that kind of flies in the face of not only like, mainstream kind of thinkers but also alternative thinkers so i'm running into this contention where you know we'll get into it of course but you know i'm looking mm -hmm. at at a lot of characters like the tua de Danan and stuff like that mm -hmm. as real history and real people mm -hmm. but of course that means i'm taking away everyone's mm -hmm. fairies elves aliens angels gods so i have to also say I'm not taking mm -hmm. that away. That is clearly happening all around us all the time and within us and mm -hmm. without us. Cause what is within without in this crazy mm -hmm. place anyway, mm -hmm. I'm completely on board with that. However, history is telling us something very specific mm -hmm. about these, these things. So again, I just wanted to clarify that I'm right mm -hmm. on the same page with you with that, where there's always yeah. these in, you know, you got to fall between the cracks to really get the answers and people want to kind of lean on one side or another. And that's just something we yeah. always have to contend with, you know, it is. And, and that is like very quickly, that is kind of the main theme. If anybody attacks me, it is really just an ident. It's an, my, it's like in a defense mechanism, 
you know, if I talk to a religious person, if I ask a couple of questions, it's like it's almost like, oh, no, you know, you're you can feel like right. they're, they're, you're being they're, they're being attacked, but it's not actually them that's being attacked. It's their ideology. And mm. and it's like for me, it's about open conversation, you know. But anyway, uh, like, I, I have you heard of Con- Con- Conor McDarry? Have you read his book? No, um, I have not. It's, it's I feel so like you and me are going to be like trading some books in the future. So. Yeah, <laughs> little book Irish. Club. Check out Connor McDarry's works. Okay. I've only gotten into him recently. Connor McDarry. I can send you on to you afterwards. And if yeah, you please want. do. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. yeah. Because you're sending you're sending me stuff. I can reply. Um, he he definitely has opened up my mind too, and it makes an awful lot of sense. Now, is everything he says, you know, like just. If to be honest with you, I would like more references. I would like more citations. I would like more sources. Amazing. He definitely has some in there, but in this book, there's probably not enough for me to be to be fully on board. But the idea of the whole Rome versus the Celts is very interesting to me because mm. my father was always my mom's always saying you're always talking about your dad and those podcasts you know it's like but he was he was almost like he's been right the whole time about this stuff it's just he hasn't he wasn't able to verbalize it in such a way that was articulated well he came across kind of brutish mm-hmm. but he was goddamn right like you know like i just find it fascinating that's awesome uh, so connor mcdowry actually believes right now i'm not saying this is true he believes, and I actually had a few people on TikTok commenting, saying, kind of backing up what he was saying. No, sorry, sorry. Okay, Conor McDarry believes one thing, and the TikTok people believe something else, but it was all interesting. <laughs> Conor McDarry was believes that the Vikings were a part of the Roman attack on Ireland. So you heard the story that the Romans went as far as the UK. And like when I say UK, I mean England at the time, right? So some people actually get worked up about that when I say United Kingdom, right? On body history. That's anyway. I say it because it makes it easy for people to understand. You know, not not because it's historically correct, but mm-hmm. they got to England. They built Hadrian's Wall, right, to keep out the Celts and the and the Picts, right, even if they were even ex- in existence, mm-hmm. and never went across to Ireland. Now you have all these ta- tacticians that you know people that are doing YouTube videos on why they didn't go across. Ireland was probably one of the most lush islands in the known world at the time. It was full of animals, vegetation, forest. It was resource rich. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to tell us that the Romans wouldn't go across because it wasn't tactically, you know, a good idea. Mm-hmm. Or is it a fact that they were afraid to go across is what I'm starting to think. Why would you build a wall? Why not just go up and and uh, into Scotland? Why not just go up and defeat them? Mm. They couldn't. They were afraid of the Celts. Mm. They actually had traded with the Celts. There was there was actually Roman coins found in the Hill of Tara. I did a video on the Hill of Tara, where you had these, and I got hate about this as well because they said Israelites. They were British Israelites, not the real Israelites. Apparently, I don't know. Mm that came over and investigated uh, or excavated the Hill of Tara looking for the Ark of the Covenant. They were convinced it was there. They found nothing, only Roman coins. Hmm. So the Romans were trading with us, but they wouldn't expand their empire and just overcome us. But that vision and that conquest never, 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 never ended. It just continued in a different form. 
what Conor McDarry thinks is that the Vikings were a part of the attacks. Now, I think he's actually wrong because someone else was telling me that actually the, the Vikings were trying to help the Irish. They were trying to help the Irish because the Christian religion had come in and overtaken the pagan religion and right. actually basically just subverted the pagan religion and actually took the symbols and just converted. It was like a rebranding process and they were building all their monasteries and they were taking over and they kind of get kind of, they kind of the Christian monks, all their amazing people, they kind of get, um, what's the word? They kind of get raised up as these kind of saints and scholars. Right. And it's almost like taking, taking the, the, losing my losing my words here taking the credit taking the credit for the unbelievable uh law system the unbelievable druidic system that was already there the teaching the culture the tradition of the celtic tribe save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, it was almost like they were taking it because they were in, they were uh, developing it. They were actually talking through um, scripture and, and actually working out this stuff in scribes. But mm-hmm. what they were doing was they were only really taking what was already there and just moving it into another for- format. Right. And this this person got me thinking on TikTok because he said the Vikings, because now they're starting to believe there was actually a big article in a very liberal, um, uh, how would I say, um, uh, The Guardian. The Guardian wrote oh, this. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like a liberal uh, broadcaster, whatever you want to call it, a news, news, news broadcaster, whatever. Uh, they basically did a big article saying that the Icelandic people have a huge, huge Celtic past. That they're starting to see that a lot of their their language was actually of Celtic origin. Mm. And some people even say, and my, my father said this. He said the fucking Vikings were Celts. Ultimately, deep down, they were Celts. So now I'm starting to think where the Vikings come because they went straight for the monasteries. Right. They went, as I say, oh, easy pickings. Okay, fair enough. That's a good, that's a good point. They're easy pickings, but they went straight for the monasteries. Right. How, how is it that they went straight for the monasteries? How come they didn't land into one of the forts that were on the coastline? How come they didn't go in straight into the rivers? Why was it always the monasteries? They say easy pickings. Yes, we know that. We understand that. Sounds like an easy answer. It's an easy answer, right? Because how did they know the monasteries were there? Okay, they found out. But like, think about it, right? Like these monasteries weren't like beacons, you know, they weren't huge. Like, you know, there would have been a lot of other places along the way. Why didn't they attack those places? They went straight for the monasteries Hmm. and that didn't stop either. They went, when they started going inland, it was always the monasteries, always the monasteries. And yes, they would battle the people, but they were, taking on the monasteries. It was almost right. like they had an intention. And now yeah, they say gold and plunder and all this. But then you if you if you if you listen to what people are saying about his and um, the Viking history, 
again, you, you have this thing, this Roman kind of ideology, this Roman kind of way of looking at everything. They're all savages. Barbar. Everybody's savage. The Celts were savages. They're eating each other. The Vikings were savages. Oh, yeah. Nonsense. Nonsense. Like Absolute nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Well, I mean, like. when you think about the the reason, why, like the real core, at least from my perspective, what I've learned so far, the real reason why the Tua de Danan was considered magical was really their knowledge of the stars, their knowledge of sea travel at night, like all yes. these things. And of, I mean, I feel it's weird because it's almost like we come from the mundane look at history. We, I, I've gone down all the crazy rabbit holes and it, in a different way, I'm coming up to the to the same or origin point where it's like this really is not like the supernatural that we speak of is kind of mm. separate from how it's described in history and the mm. words that we have to describe these supernatural beings and the explanations for it really turn mm. out to be human ingenuity a lot of times. Yes, it seems. Yes. Yeah, because I'm coming back to this whole thing as well. It's like we have the megalithic um, buildings here. You know, we have like our new Grange, we have our Hill of Tara. Connor McDarry right. talks about these in, in, a, in a huge way. And like people, and I've done I've done videos on this as well, how we've just the government of Ireland, and I won't even get into the government of Ireland at the moment. It's beyond the it's joke. A different episode. <laughs> yeah, and they but they have been literally just destroying these places. Now they can't go too far because there will literally be a revolution because the Irish, even though they might not understand things, we still have a lot of pride in our heritage and our culture, even though it might be a little bit disconnected at times. But the the M3 motorway what went right through the arteries of the Hill of Tara. The Hill of Tara is literally, literally our Axis Monday. It's our, our ceremonial heart of Ireland. 142 high kings were inaugurated there. Just an unbelievable. I had a spiritual experience there. I genuinely did. And it, it was it was a dark spiritual experience because it was a feeling of like real torment. And I'm not a kind of a guy that sees ghosts. Um, I do believe <laughs> in paranormal, but I don't see them. I For whatever reason, I, I don't really, I, like people see ghosts and stuff, but I don't see them. It's like that mm. last guy I was telling you about, they did a podcast with you and I, I listened to that one. It was amazing to me that he could see all these things. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe certain people can see those things. I'm one of those people that doesn't see, but I can feel things. And I felt something at the Hill of Tara and I wasn't right for a week afterwards because um, and I definitely think it's down to the, the reality of what the government is doing. They're just going right through the arteries. They're just going right through these yeah. ancient sites. So, oh, yeah. All our major I'm, wars, man. Yeah. All, you know, we talk yeah. about Anunnaki on this show a lot. Iraq, Iran, the Persian Gulf, like all, the whole Turkey, just everywhere is all of our some of our most ancient shit. And it's mm -hmm. all getting, uh, you know, it's all targeted, it seems. Yeah. So so what kind of McDowry is going to, he talks about, he talks about there being a Celtic empire, mm -hmm. but he talks about it in a spiritual uh, sense. I didn't think that the Irish and um, the Celts were, the Irish Celts were, were seafarers beyond, say, St. Brendan, mm -hmm. who was actually a Christian, a Christian monk. But in fact, it's, it's probably the case that they were seafarers way before that and that they were trading along the Mediterranean and stuff like that. And there was people that pointed this out to me on TikTok. 
and it's amazing since starting the TikTok, my mind is shifting and changing. It's oh, quite a, it's a evo- it's evolving because I'm starting the stuff that I was arguing before. I'm like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Like, right? You know, Facebook maybe- memories is a really interesting thing for me. Looking back <laughs> at some of the perspectives yeah. I had just four years ago on certain topics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 incredible. So I'm thinking back because like, like the whole St. Patrick and when he came in, there's a lot of people that think that he it's hard to say this like because we're so it's he's such a it's such a he's such a huge influence in in, in our culture you know but mm-hmm. and my dad always said this as well there he go there i go again mention my father but he always said but but patrick was a roman yeah uh, and he was like he kind of says it in this way he doesn't really back he doesn't really say much more than that yeah but it's true like he was a welsh roman aristocrat <laughs> Right. Yeah. So he was sent to Ireland and one of his first things that he did was, well, one of one of the major things that he did was go to the hill of Tara or sorry, go to the opposite hill of Tara and light a big fire in in defiance of of the, the high kings. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's myself. Hmm. He didn't do that by himself. Like, and I, but but it was kind of it's kind of. It's kind of the story doesn't really talk about did he have an army with him? Like it didn't really go into that. But like, how could one man just do that and not be not be taken out and not killed right. by by the Celt by the by the High King's army, right? Exactly. Like, but he, he wasn't, and he he succeeded in converting Ireland into Christianity. And I remember people were calling me out on TikTok because I did these Christian monk videos about how the there's another book that I read that it's about how the Christian monks saves Western civilization through saving the books of Rome, the books of Greece, the books of this, the books of that. And they were pointing out to me, but but Patrick and his followers annihilated the pagans. And I was like, how dare you say that about our patron, patron saint, you know, right. cat, Catholic kind of coming out of me. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you? You just came here and got rid of our snake problem. Yeah, we've never had before. <laughs> That's it. The brothers of the serpent could get on this, you know. Oh, they, um, have. they may... Oh, absolutely. Many of us have. It's it's. That's interesting that it's still mm. ha- like so. W- from your perspective in contemporary Ireland, yeah, he it's he's still revered. Like you know, massively, really interesting. massively. I never really yeah. knew that because over here in America, like everything's falling apart, kind of you know on purpose. But mm. that includes like it's funny how they want to destroy the the destroy the western world and they're doing it by allowing a lot of their old secrets to come out so we lose faith and a lot of other people get to lose faith in their country you know what i mean right that's so makes everything's sense, yeah. coming apart the seams mm-hmm. but it's so the saint patrick's thing for you know all of us irish folk over here man it's like we know exactly what's going on like there were no friggin' snakes in ireland no and the no. serpent has always been the pagan heathen symbol oh, but we do we do like for if you have a brain in your head for the most part without sounding fucking arrogant like we do kind of know that it's an analogy for the pagans you know okay okay like there right. is we do we do understand that but we still but we don't i don't think the irish think through what does it mean yeah what does it lead got, to <laughs> what is what what is getting rid of the snakes because there were no snakes or oh, it's an analogy for the pagans but so what did he do? Did but then we kind of we kind of got on this route of like oh but everybody it was like it was like the only time in Christianity that there was no bloodshed and the whole idea of it and the whole story that's presented and maybe this is true because it is kind of feasible. Mm-hmm. There is a feasibility to it if you think about it. They say that the pagan religion was because we believed 
the pagan religion at the time, this is what they say, was was kind of a triune god, a triune goddess, a triune god aspect to the pagan deities of the time. There was this idea of the triune goddess, the triune god. So how Patrick developed or rebranded this whole thing was this shamrock. And that's how he, he presented the triune God, the Holy Spirit, the Son and the Father as mm-hmm. the triune God, the same God. They were like, but that's what we believe in. We believe in the same thing. He's like, oh, it's the same thing. It's the same right. kind of thing. It's just, so it's like, it's almost like we accept that in Ireland, it was like McDonald's taking over Burger King. Like, you know, it was just a rebranding of, okay. of, of it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just like getting rid of the old um, management, getting rid of the old people or maybe keeping them. But they just are working for McDonald's now. They're working right. for the Christians now. You know what I mean? So oh, I do. Yeah. This kind of reminds you know, me of angels to aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Branding. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, yeah. Yeah. De- or, or I would say, yeah. Or demons. Or demons. And, or, de- demons that and it, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, like, for instance, when I, whenever I see like a, a video, if it's real, which it probably isn't, but if there was an, a, a, a video of a, some sort of black entity in the sky, I'd be like, it's not an alien. It's not an alien. It's probably a demon. I wouldn't <laughs> believe more in a demon than an alien, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, hear you. That's yeah. interesting. I'm probably going off in tangents here, man. That's oh, no, because me I'm, too. I'm trying to, I'm having a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to do, man. Um, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a topic that's always fascinated me because I run into mm. that a lot. I'm, you know, in the conspiracy world in general, you know, there's a lot of Christian influence in here where yep. everything but Jesus is a path to evil. And the thing is, is like, you know, well, okay, Christ, Christus, anointed, you know, that you could follow that kind of pagan idea of like it all being about nature and, and all being about the body and everything. And we could kind of combine these things. Like they, like you said, they're all kind of the same thing. We're just the way we interpret our language and, and how we use words. It really throws our perceptions into different patterns and different, different ways. You know, like we can talk about, um, I kind of lost the thread there. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, it's I, right. no, no, I'm, I'm no, going no, all over the place good. too. I sounds good, but I, to, to actually, to no, no, it's, it's all good, man. <laughs> To actually go along, though, with like kind of going into what I believe or what I think could have potentially happened if there wasn't a huge, maybe there was, maybe Patrick did have people with him, maybe there was bloodshed. But if there's, mm. let's just say there wasn't a full on massacre, yeah. which is probably more likely because it would, there would be some evidence of it. Like, because we did have these Christian monks who were fairly peaceful, but they developed the Book of Kells these amazing books and we kind of were away from this whole stuff that was going on in Europe. Yeah. So between Patrick and the time the Vikings started coming, there was really no bloodshed in terms of people coming in. So this is what I find weird about Rome. They never mm-hmm. came, but they sent Patrick. Right. Right. So Patrick did a job on us and we basically converted to Christianity. But I reckon potentially that it wasn't the Christianity that the Romans wanted, that the real the, the real Christians were practicing. I reckon it was probably some sort of mixture of like a Celt. It was, it was a mixture. It was a Celtic Christianity. So we have the cross with the pagan circle in it, right? Right. So that, ha- that was going on. That was going on. And then the Vikings started coming. And then 
what's ever happening was development of the monastery, the, the monastery system of education, mm-hmm. um, not monetary, monastery. Yeah. And you had all of this stuff going on. And then Brian Baru, who was a high king of Ireland, the greatest high king of Ireland, he took, I believe he was the greatest visionary of, of Ireland of all time because he foresaw, in my opinion, this is my theory, he foresaw what was going to come, which inevitably came a hundred years later with the Norman invasion. Mm-hmm. He was trying to unite the country. So there was no idea of nationhood at the time. He was trying to unite, but not only the country of Ireland, also the Scots and the Welsh, who were originally wow. Celts. And he called himself, the, well, he was anointed Emperor of the Scoti, Emperor of the Gael. And then he subjugated the whole land, the whole land, everybody bowed to him. And for a couple of years, he had actual high kingship of the whole land. And he actually had Vikings working for him. That was the thing about the Vikings. And this is why I'm a bit skeptical about their real reasons for being here, because they kind of they kind of joined us after a while. Yes, there were other Vikings that came because, you know, they got kind of they said, listen, we really want to, We really want this Ireland business. Like, you know, right. they were on the Hebrides. They were on these like Scottish islands and in, in the middle of the ocean. Like they wanted to actually come and have their own kingdom. So there wasn't a last attempt of the Vi- the other Vikings to come come in and um, actually get Ireland, but they didn't. Brian defeated them mm-hmm. and he stopped them, but he was killed in the process. Right before that, he was developing the whole amalgamation of church and state, which was unheard of. He was the first. He was one of the first ones to go up to to a place called Armagh in Northern Ireland, and he put gold up on the the church altar, and he says, "I am the Emperor of the Scoti. Here's your gold." And now church and state is together. We're going to defeat what's coming. And he was ultimately right. The Vikings came, but it wasn't actually them that he was to be worried about. It was the Normans the year later. And what I actually believe happened there with the Normans was the ultimate vision of the Romans, which was to annihilate the Irish church because the Irish church was uh, semi-autonomous. it wasn't the real Christian church. It was a some something else. Like that amalgamation it, you were talking yes, about. Yes, yes. It was like a it was like Brian was actually, I believe, like not I should I feel from my kind of reflections on him is that he was invoking the kind of real Celtic high kingship. And he was actually bringing the power of the pagan Christian church, if if, if we can call it that, or say <laughs> Christ, Christian pagan church, because it, it wasn't a Roman Christian church yet, mm-hmm. and he was incorporating it all. He did defeat the Vikings, but he was killed. And unfortunately, he the, the, the people that came after him didn't really see this vision like he did. So when the Romans came a, a hundred years later with the papal bill of the only ever English fucking pope ever in existence, there was only one English pope, and he gave the permission to King Henry II to have lordship over Ireland. And the main reason he did it was for authority of the Irish church. And if you think about it, Rome and the Western Isle of Ireland, the, the, that was literally the known world to them. Yeah, That was the last point of like Roman influence. Like, and they didn't, oh, yeah. they wouldn't come across that time before but now they're going to get it. And I think that's what happened because it was, and, I, and I'll finish on this. There was the, 
Pope Adrian IV, along with the sellout Dermot McMurrah, the disposed mm. King of Leinster, with Strongbow, who was basically um, a little lackey boy to King Henry II. Uh-huh. And the four of them combined together, and basically that was the end of Gaelic Ireland. And they won. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. I can already hear everybody's brains exploding out there, like with, with new ideas and new concepts here to, to kind of dig into. Yeah. Um, it's mental. This is really, really is. I'm really interested in this amalgamation thing because mm-hmm. I mean, granted, we know that the, the, this amalgamation, these, these thoughts, these conversations have happened over time, over and over again, the, the similarities between the perennial beliefs of humans are, I would say they should be united. They should be all, you know, mm. under one idea. Unfortunately, it's like our perception completely prohibits that, it seems, mm. because the ineffable experience of, you know, of a spiritual nature that we all have access to really is always going to be only understood within without language. And then we bring it back into the world collectively to talk about it. And mm. everyone's going to have a different take on, you know, what the sacred other, whatever you want to call it really is. And mm. it's interesting that it seems like this amalgamation in Ireland, it almost like they, they figured out the secret that it's all the same, regardless of how it looks. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I'm just being hopeful, I guess, in that. Mm. And but that does seem like a legitimate reason for the Roman Catholic Church to want to completely yeah. decimate it, you know? It, it it's a thought like basically what it boils down to, and it's like everyday power corrupts. And in the it, it, it's I think it's absolutely fascinating. The only ever English Pope was the one that signed the document yeah. that said you can have the Lordship of Ireland, but of course. And you see, if you think about what Brian Baru was doing before that, he was doing something similar. He was trying to set up, and they couldn't see it, of course, because Irish were so conflicted. And I do believe there is this confliction in us because we've lost our connection with the real Celt within us, the real Celtic mm. Gael in us. We don't even have our own language. Now, back then, they still had their language, but still, there's this kind of like, you know, I know best, I know best, I know best. But anyway, so like, they how would I say, King Henry II, who really was going to Rome, the Rome, the Pope Adrian IV, and he was like bowing down to him. You give me the paper. Okay, I have the paper. I'm going to hold on to it. And then when 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 uh, Dermot came to him, he was like, okay, I do have, I have, a, kind of have ambition for this place. I do have authority to yeah. take this place. If you can go find Strongbow, if you can find one of those guys that can help you do the dirty work, yeah. I'll follow afterwards and I'll be a lot... What what was going on was church and state and power and like the, the army all combined together with a sellout. And then they went and just took us. And that was the end of it. Like, you know, so yeah. like really what we had in Brian Brew and what we had before that was a version of that. But of course, we're just this little island, you know, right. at, yeah. the, at, at the edge. What they had was Rome, England. And, and actually, he was an Anglican king or Angusin or something like that. He was actually a French. Then another thing that people do to be on TikTok, he wasn't an English king. He wasn't an English king. It's like, yeah, Google <laughs> it. Yeah, it's everywhere. He was the king of England. He was French speaking, but so was William the Orange. He was a Dutch king of England, you know. Right. So just because they spoke a different language didn't mean he wasn't king of England. He was king of England, you know. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, I think the whole, and you know what, and I've and I've looked into America as well. I think this whole, you know, people, you know, the whole esoteric way they built Washington, oh, the whole my God, yeah. city of London, all the stuff that's going on with the city of London, the Roman capital, then the Vatican. All of it has, it's all seems to be intertwined with spirituality, isn't it? Oh, like, absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, so absolutely. they kind Definitely. of hide that from you. They hide it from you in plain they sight. They hide it as much as they can. And, uh, mm. oh, man. Bef- yeah, I wanted to get into this topic a little bit. I'm kind of, uh, we're running out of time on this, so we might have to, mm. I don't know, do a do a part two at some point. We you know? can. We can, of course, man. That'd be really sure. fun, you know. Mm. Um, but I did want to get more into the spirituality, more into folklore, mm. um, you know, because I know you're interested in those things, too. Mm. Um, what is your favorite Irish folklore? Let's start Good there. Question. If you have one, what, what would you say? Anything that... Mm. I don't know. Speaks to you. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Again, what speaks to me, like, um, is is what Brian Baru was inspired by because he was inspired by Phil McCool. Actually, mm. um, he was inspired by Finn and his band of warriors in mythology. They used to. They were actually aristocratic band of warriors, and they used to just go off and used to just go off into the wild, and they they. You know, having little little adventures and little um, little battles and little fun and games, you know, and meeting mm-hmm. different uh, characters and stuff like that. And Brian Baru was inspired by that and actually had his own little rebellion and band of warriors went off into the wilds of County Clare while he was actually um, a prince, you know. So I think that speaks to me in a way because that that whole idea of going off into the wild and and having your own little band of warriors and going off because it goes back to that video that I did TikTok going off into the mountains and you know for for the day like and that's what we were like we're like a little band of warriors going off and and being enveloped in, into this beautiful Irish landscape and of course then we had the Scotia's grave going on of course like yeah. that, that's probably one of my favorite as well but mm-hmm. the way we were was like a a band of Finn Finn McCool's warriors going up into Scotia's grave, you know, that's and like, so cool. yeah. So I think that's the one that speaks to me the most. If mm. I was to, if I was to say one more, my second mm, favorite, yeah. and it goes back. Uh, Brian Brew is obviously my favorite uh, person in, in 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 history. You should mm. look into Brian Brew, man. It's it's amazing. Oh, um, I'm going to your videos on Brian have inspired me. I've watched all. Yeah, of them, so. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be doing lots more this year. So nice. I'm gonna be doing a lot of Brian. We stuff. could do a whole expose but, on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll definitely come on again. So there's no, there's the, cool, there, we, we can talk more. But the the other one, and this is obviously everybody knows about the Banshee, right? You know, we all mm. know. Like you've, you've, yeah, I think the Americans pretty much know the Banshee, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the, the the woman that cries uh, the the demon or whatever it is or the uh not the demon but a supernatural entity usually female well, it is always really female is it a female though we don't know that right. screams or roars or cries when a person of the family is going to die um and actually the Brian Baru's family had a Evine or Avine their own banshee so the the royal families at the time the aristocratic family they had their own banshees mm. so Avine would have played a significant role in Brian's life and he would have seen her at different times and he would have saw her. Uh, this is according to the little bit of text and stuff on him that he yeah. would have seen her um, on the night of his death at Clontarf or the, yeah, the night before his death at Clontarf, the Battle of Clontarf in 1014. She would have 
come to him and and she she cried immensely and all his sons and his grand a lot of his sons and grandsons died the next day and also wow. he was killed himself as well so it's it's kind of amazing and i've heard some banshee stories as well actually from people that are sure they heard it you know that's so wild and th this goes mm. that, that goes of course along with something i'm always thinking about this like supernatural versus you know what's mm. supernatural and what's human of what we hear like banshee yeah. uh, i'm assuming this she part of the word probably comes from that s-i-d-h-e yes fairies she, so she was a fairy woman fairy right. woman ba ban is is woman in, in gaelic mm. and, and she what, is fairies and so yeah. what i've been learning about these words like the like so the seed were these, yeah, the sometimes described supernaturally, sometimes described as like a gentry of priests. And then also you have the picks. And then in Cornwall, England, I read about a group called the picked seed or she mm. picked she. So mm. it blew my mind. Mm. And Fred, mm. Freddie Silva was talking to me about fairy circles and how mm. it originated with the picks and their round tables. And I'm mm. like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? And this is where I get a lot of conflict because people think I'm taking their toys away. If it's mm. all human, then that means my supernatural experience is invalid to this guy. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But mm. I think it seems like history, whether this was a game of telephone or it was done to us nefariously, it feels like our language, the words that we get to, when we have an experience like that, what do we do? We got to go figure out what the hell just happened to us. So we mm -hmm. go to anything that we can relate to. Well, it felt like a fairy. I know that word. Let's go read about it. And there we have all the mythology laid out for us. Mm. It's not you. It's not consciousness. It's, it's not something we don't want to tell you yet. It's all these external personifications of these other mm. beings. And I'm not trying yeah. to fly in the face of it. I just, mm. this is a real conflict for me because it's mm. like, we have what seems to be, you know, you talk about all these early tribes that are mythological mm. in Irish history, but mm. it is weird how it, it, it see, the stories themselves seem to extend beyond allegory, analogy. 100%. It seems like we're talking about massive migrating groups of people coming into this absolutely beautiful place, the Erie, mm. and trying mm. to take it, you know? I just wanted to, we've beat around the bush a little bit about this, but I'm just curious yeah. because you are a spiritual person as mm. well as a historical person, kind of like I myself. I definitely, like when I, when, I, when I say mythology, I definitely, and I'm kind of lean towards what Graham Hancock says as well. And other people have said this, mythology doesn't mean lies, you know, oh, that's a right. myth. It's a lie, you know. Mm. That's all, as you said. It's it's all wordplay, like word, right. word. They're just they're trying to keep us away from the realities of what we really are, where we've really come from, mm -hmm. and and that's why I'm so fascinated by all of this. And I like to go beyond the Normans, and I like to go beyond the British, and I like to go beyond because all of that's part of the Roman nonsense, where it's all mm, about right and analytical and. You know, let's just figure everything out. And the Romans are marching on like, you know, it's baloney. You know, they, there's more nuance. And I, yeah. And then the other thing is like, oh, you're all savages. You're all savages. Kels. Oh, yeah. Weren't you the ones that were watching people just getting torn up by lions every Saturday morning with your kids? Seriously. You know what I mean? Bread and circus. Like in, Come on. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like what we like. So when I think back on the, the mythological invasions and stuff like that, they were mm. people like that. They, it was history and it was written after the fact. So when I was, I was kind of mess up the way I described earlier on, 
the Christian monks, I they took credit for what was an oral tradition, what was what was a normal part of our our way of telling stories, passing down knowledge, which was always oral. Mm-hmm. It was just the Christian monks were at the time where they learned to be scribes. So they started they started, you know, actually writing out these things. But everything changed because of the way the language changed and the way they were looking back. Everything becomes more fanciful. Like even Brian Baru's story is written after the fact. So it becomes more fanciful right. and it becomes more dramatic. So like these mythological invasions, they were actual events that took place, obviously not at the same, not in the same way. Right. They're not, they're not, it's not a fantasy. It was a reality. You know, and um, there's kernels of truth in all of us. Now, I definitely think, and just to say on your, your talking about the fairies and talking about the supernatural realm, I, this is my belief, 100% supernatural realm, there's a supernatural realm, mm-hmm. but for the majority, they will not say anything. But there are some people that have more of a sensual kind of a part of themselves, like a dog. They can see things, like dogs can see. They can, mm-hmm. they can see, they have a sixth sense more of a sixth sense than other people. It's just a gift that they have. Yeah, everybody has their gifts, you know? Everybody has their way of mind's expression, the storytelling and stuff, Mm. but I don't see, but I can feel it. I had this mad experience. I wanted to talk to you, and I I know we're running out of time, but I had this really crazy experience, and I was was lying down. I was was a bit ill this week. I was feeling a bit fatigued, and I Mm. I was inspired by your your guest when he was talking about all the paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. I was lying down, right? And there, my phone was next to me. I woke up and I was just kind of meditating. And I was like saying, I'm so fatigued. What is wrong with me? My phone was charged. It was on about 70%, maybe 60%. And I, I felt like the, the room lit up in my mind, right? And it was like this bright light. It was just like a weird vibe. It was like I was in a hospital ward or something. That was br- or like a, some sort of like a surgery kind of a place or something like that. It was like really bright lights, you know? And next thing, I, I kind of all walk, kind of got up, and, and I, my phone just went dead. It just went dead, like, even though it was 60 or 70%. Now, yeah, it just went completely dead. Like, it just, it, I turned it on and just went poof, dead. I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, now, is there an explanation for that? Probably. But straight away, ultimately, I was thinking, I had an, exp- I just had an experience. There was something to that experience because I felt it was like an otherworldly kind of feeling going on in me because I, I, I was I was kind of a little bit ill, fatigued. Mm-hmm. And that white light kind of a thing. What the hell was going on? I know there's going to be people judging me when I'm saying this. I don't care. <laughs> um, like, you know, but the, but like my to get back to what you're saying about what people feel with fairies and all that. No, all like your experiences are your experiences. Right. If you feel you have had an experience, that's it. No more talk about it. You've had an experience. It's your experience. Bingo. You don't need to go on Google. You don't need to go on Google. You had it. And you if you tell people, and they... yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, exactly. And and tell everybody that's how they need to feel. They need to be. They need. They need to be like putting out batteries and phones like from now on. That's how you prove that you're a priest. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> you know. No. No. I just had an experience. Now maybe Hell there yeah. was an actual reason for it, but. I char- I turned up my I turned on I I charged up my phone later on and it hasn't gone off since so like what right, the yeah. hell is going on you know No I'm know. with you man I love the way you describe that it's like you know there might be a, a, an explanation for it but the real important aspect was how you felt in the moment 
It does. Yeah. It's almost like the mundane explanation kind of seals the deal. It's like, well, yeah, of course, on surface level, sure. Mm. Yeah, nothing happened. You know, and it's like it's like it's like what that guy said about his dog. Remember, he was saying about. I know I keep reverting back. Oh, no the problem. Dog, I appreciate this is it. the time to put up one of those little videos saying, "Yeah, go and revert back to this interview." <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch it, don't stop watching this stuff. Just keep going. But uh, he talked about his dog and and the fact he was meditating and he could see his dog was looking at him or something to that effect. That yeah. was kind of like what I I felt like the phone. I felt like something happened to the phone during that meditation. Mm. Um. You know, did he see his dog? Did was the dog looking at him? Who knows? But it was his experience, and I think right. if you have an experience, it's your experience. It's very subjective. It's very difficult to explain it to somebody else without being judged in some way. Oh yeah. But you have to trust yourself, trust your gut, um, and that's that's my kind of top ends on it. I love it, man. Yeah this this was this has been a really great conversation. We're definitely yeah. gonna have to do a part two, and 100%. I I also love to to you know, offer this too. that. I love doing mm. round tables and I mm. think getting together with a few select people and you included doing like a, you know, an Irish round table or, you know, mythology round table. That'll be fun. I think we should. Definitely yeah. I would be up for that. I mean, I, I know we talked about that and I wanted to do this one instead, but I'd be well up for like in future, whatever you oh, want to yeah. do. Just yeah, give we'll me a shout, man. man. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Yeah. I think we have the opportunity to kind of teach each other a bunch of different perspectives on on these things that we're interested in. So it's always good yeah. to to get to get involved with new people that have the same interests like this. So I absolutely. really appreciate you coming on here, man. Um, Thank you, Andy. I think we covered everything that I have mm -hmm. written down, which seriously, I don't often write anything down. I wanted to make sure I had some good stuff to, to, uh, to bring up mm -hmm. here. Um, everybody needs to go check out your work. So please plug your mm. plug your information for people to go find you. Yeah. So you can get me on TikTok and YouTube at the same handle at Bertie Brosnan. Um, I'm sure maybe you can write that up somewhere. Oh, yeah. In the description. I'll have it right on the screen for us. Perfect. And then on Facebook and Instagram, I'm actually trying to get the Instagram up. So if, if people would, that would be a really good one to, to support me by. So it's at Bertie Brosnan Films. So that is for Facebook and and Instagram. So that that's where you find me for the majority. Yeah, awesome, for sure. perfect, man. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of great content up there. Um, I like Thank your you, short man. films, but I Thank really you. love all the Irish history, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I can't wait to pick your brain some more, and uh, maybe mm -hmm. we'll do one soon. Okay. Yeah, for sure, Andy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. Okay. And everybody, be well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.